Hello. Hi. Welcome to Wine, Wine, and Once, a Once Upon a Time podcast. I'm Dee. And I'm Lo, and welcome to a bad time. (laughs) I don't know why I had to say it like that, (laughs) but... Every week we are going through episode by episode and re-watching Once Upon a Time. We have been watching this show since it first aired. Most of it together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of why we're friends. So we hold That's a lot a of fondness terrib- for the show. Sentence. Oh yeah, terrible. Horrible. We hold a lot of fondness for this show. We do. But we have seen it too many times. And mm-hmm. um, only, but only some of the episodes, only some of the We cherry pick. We're, we're, we're re-watching on our own for funsies. And there's some episodes, I swear, I've only seen once. I don't like, think what was that? I've, season five, I don't think oh, I've seen since it aired. What episode was it we watched? We were in tears laughing because it was the perfect episode and we don't think we'd seen it more than the one time. Oh my God. Yeah. What was that? It was one of the episodes that it was a, a charming centric episode, I want to say. I think so. It was it was ridiculous. And it was I don't think we've ever seen it was like a season five episode. Yeah. It was God, it was good. <gasps> oh, it was one of the Camelot episodes. It was oh the Camelot also it was the episode where the heroes were good guys and the good guys were heroes. That yeah. episode was Yeah, yeah, yeah. Delightful. That that I think was the one we were like, what <laughs> Probably. the Probably. Yeah. It this was the author great. nonsense. Um Yes. Wow. But yeah, all that to say, we've seen it too damn many times, but also not enough times. And if it wasn't clear, um, spoilers ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. Welcome. Um, Have you seen season five? If not, sorry. go to Camelot. (laughs) Oh, no one author. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, we uh, spend a lot of time watching the show. We are discussing this in all shapes and manners, which means that we are knowledgeable about most of the show mm-hmm. i'm not the gonna say that make the show sense. sometimes we impossible. make up things <laughs> R- remains to be seen yeah exactly but spoilers mm-hmm. ahead if you are worried about uh spoilers for this episode go watch it but also if you're not interested or don't care about spoilers we are here we are gonna go mm-hmm. through the whole season whole di- the whole episode whole damn thing whole talk damn about thing. it so Buckle in, strap in. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, as we watch, we are taking notes of some things in particular because by the fifth rewatch, you need something to focus on or you go a little crazy. Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly why. <laughs> yep. I am taking note on how many times we curse our main cast with like a, we, we say town curse, it's more of like our main cast is under a curse, I guess, for lack of better terms. Just because it's fun to see how many times these poor people are traumatized by curses. It's more than you would think. Uh-huh. I'm also seeing how many times the show says, oh, shit, we're out of magic beans. Oh, look, a magic bean. So. Disturbing. It's more time than you'd think. Oh, no. And last but not least for me, I am paying attention to Emma's superpower. Her superpower claims that she can tell when someone is lying. And I'm seeing how many times it does not work. It's more times than you think. <laughs> it's not great. Uh, know what else isn't great? What's not great? The stuff you're paying attention to. No, yeah, no, it's not. It's not great. I was actually just writing a note about one oh, of no. the things I'm paying attention to <laughs> because I had to make a call here. Um, but I'm paying attention to, first and foremost, the definitive 
charming family tumbleweed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it I'd call it a tree, but too many lines go back to places they shouldn't. So all branches lead to rumble. All branches lead somewhere, and it's, that's fair. I, I will say, our uh, the tumbleweed itself is more linear than the fuck fern. Mm. Now, what's the fuck fern? <laughs> you might ask. Well. <laughs> I don't know why it's called that. Because <laughs> we were drunk one night and no, then it, that's it fair. Stopped. There was wine. Because there was there, wine. It, yeah. Why? That's the explanation for all of the above. Mm-hmm. Yes. But we're paying attention to all of the ships on the show. So everybody who kisses, everybody who is in a relationship is married. But also I did want a way to keep track of anything that felt like, ooh, somebody in the writer's room really wanted these things, people to be a thing. And they never actually became officially a thing, but mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty obvious that somebody wanted it to happen in an official capacity. So that's for people like Regina and Emma, who are already on this thing. They are. Um, they are on the phone. Also, Aurora Mulan. Mm-hmm. Weirdly enough, actually, no, Ruby and Will did not get on the fuck burn. They got a, a They mark, got a strike. Which, so we have our three strike rule here, which mm-hmm. is you need three separate moments in three separate episodes now of course those don't have to be romantic necessarily just like charged yeah there has to be some energy of sorts there there is a vibe and much like pornography you know it when you see it Mm -hmm. it's true it's true um we're on social media allegedly oh they i say that because i don't always post things but we are there so you should find us we're on Instagram, uh, same as our podcast name, Wine, Wine, and Once. Drink always comes first. And you can always email us as well, uh, winewineandonce at gmail.com. We are Please. still waiting for fan art of Rumpelstiltskin using aerial silks to Lady Gaga's bad, bad romance. romance. Thank you very much. Yes, please and thank you. Gaga, oh la la. <laughs> Birdhouses and kisses. Thanks. Birdhouses and kisses, everyone. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed our Mad Libs BT dubs. It was a, it was fun to do those. That that was very fun. I enjoyed it. I also enjoyed working out my grammar brain, which has not gotten oh, a workout ooh. in quite some time. Right. So, how are you doing? Good. I'm good. <laughs> I I failed. I'm not drinking wine. I have Coke though, and I didn't want to waste it, so I have my Coke. By which she means the beverage, not the drug. You don't know my life. No. <laughs> I do because yeah. I can see it in the camera. <laughs> Correct. No, uh, I'm good. I, got, I had Taco Bell for dinner, which was exciting. I am one of those basic bitches that loves me a Mexican pizza. So I had a very rough time in 2020 when they got rid of it for a few years. I, I did cry. You. It was Halloween. I did cry. Lo yeah. was there. Yeah. I well, was not like, there in person, virtually, but I cried. We watched Double Double Toil and Trouble afterward. We sure did. I remember <laughs> you being so upset. Because I was supposed to be there for one more fucking week, and all the locations near me were like, oh, sorry, it sucks to be you. It's gone. Yep. Yep. And so we played Nancy Drew and watched Double Double Toil and Trouble, because starring Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. <laughs> we are adults. It's fine. We're, we're adults that choose to watch this show every week. You know what? That's fair. That tells you a lot about just our general demeanor. The vibe here. <laughs> not good how are you i'm good i'm good hard to hard to complain it's been an interesting few days but today was better so nice. you know it was good it was it's been interesting that's, that's fair. what i have to say about that but no i'm good um i had 
Greek spaghetti for dinner. I'm sorry, what now? It's not Greek spaghetti. It's it's spaghetti with brown butter and mizitra cheese. Oh, which, oh, so you mean my favorite comfort pasta? Yeah, the best, the best pasta. Oh, so good. It's my favorite. Um, but yeah, yesterday I ordered Greek food for dinner, so that was nice. I had that leftovers nice. tonight. That was a nice little treat. That is a good treat. I'm enjoying. Um, yeah, that's it. Who I are, have are, some wine. You, I actually did at least bring the wine. Someone did. Although we're like, I, I like it because I brought Coca-Cola in a wine glass and you brought mm-hmm. wine in a can. So really the Coke should be in a can and the wine should be in a we glass. We complete each here. other. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> we finish each other's sandwiches. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Well, cool. <laughs> I guess we'll. <laughs> well, <laughs> well. Cool. Moving on. As always, huzzah. Oh, yes. When you said how I was doing, I blocked this out. I'm very unhappy and very unwell. Um, Jared Gilmore is on TikTok now, and I'm not coping well with it. No, you're not. It's really fun to watch. So first, and Lo pointed this out, now I'm upset by it. I am a D&D bitch. I listen to Critical Role, among other things. There is something about Jared Gilmore's energy where he is emulating Matthew Mercer. He's he has the long hair and he starts off like in a weird British accent every time he talks, like an announcer voice, and then drops into his regular voice. And I don't know what to do. And here's how strongly the vibe is. I have seen exactly <laughs> approximately, I, exactly approximately. I say yes, yes. Oh my god. Um, no, I've seen about three hours of Matthew Mercer content overall. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I looked at that man and I said, why is that man trying to be Matthew Mercer? Right. He has the long hair. He even has, like, he's trying to get, like, a, a goatee situation, but he has, like, one small tuft right now. You like, got, it's just, like, a patch. You gotta work on it. He's working on it. Uh, so that's the first thing. Fine. Whatever. We all have our heroes. His can be Matt Mercer. That's fine. Uh, second thing is when the first question someone asked was, what's your favorite season of Once Upon a Time? And he said his favorite to watch, which implies this kid, this child, this person goes back and rewatches the show that he starred in, which is weird to me. Uh, and he said that he likes to watch it because it's just good television, which if you kept up on the Don't Worry Darling drama, just feels like Harry Styles describing a movie. I'm obsessed with the Don't Worry Darling <laughs> drama. Um, I am so sad that it will be coming to an end as the press mm-hmm. tour ends. Right. No, I'm living for it. Yeah. No. Uh, someone also asked who his favorite character was. And he said, aside from Henry, whose favorite character is Henry? And I reckon, like, I feel like you can play a character and be like, dude, not that kid. That kid was annoying. You're allowed to admit, oh, that character was obnoxious. Yeah, but I'm sure he has a, a fondness for him. You have to be sure, fond of your character. Sure, Except for his other favorite character and also the character he would like to play, if not Henry, is Killian Jones. He wants to be Hook. He thinks Hook is great. He also said his favorite season to be in was season seven because he liked to be hush, 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 hush Henry. <laughs> hush. That's that's his name now. Hush. Let's get to season seven and I'm going to just pull that out of the woodwork. Hush. hush. He likes being evil Henry, which fine. That's like two episodes of the whole season. He's calling that his favorite. Well, also, a number of the comments said season two is their favorite, or season three is their favorite. And that was disturbing to me. Um, 
I don't have anything to say to those people because I was taught if you can't say anything nice, <laughs> don't say anything at all. And, um, yes, you learned well. That's what I have to say about season three. Mm-hmm. Um, another upset, well, not upset, this is sweet. He says he keeps up the, with everyone in the cast because they're like a family to him and they text often and meet up whenever they can. And that was very sweet. But Lo also pointed out that the older this man gets, the more it affirms that the adult version of Henry Mills that they chose for season seven is correct. They keep look like every time I see him and he gets older, he looks more like the man they cast for season yeah. seven. And I'm like, uh, again, much in the way that I think that Marvel actually grew all of their uh, original six on a farm mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah. Specifically to play these roles. Yes. I think maybe once upon a time got in on the action and like, yeah, you know, they did something. They did something. They did something. They had like side by side clones and they let one ripen a little more to be the older version. No, they did something. It's 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 uncomfortable. Yeah. The casting on this show truly is astounding. It is. Um, So that's upsetting me. Also, Lana Priya has a TikTok and... That's all I'll say about it. A lot has happened. Beth it's fine. Mater was trying to like teach her how, which I love. I love that those two just act like sisters now, and that's their whole vibe. I think it's very charming and very cute yeah, of them. Very cute. Um, but the videos I've seen have just been a lot to unpack. A lot of vibes. Lots just... of that. Honestly, I feel like if you and I ever did that sort of thing in TikTok, it would just be that. It would just be us making weird faces at a camera. Well, number one, we would sit there going, I know I'm too old to be doing this. Yeah. Um, is it cool now, youths? Do we do it? Look at my dance. Woo. Come no. on, let's do a sibling. I want them to do the sibling dance. I've decided yes, I would like Lana Priya and Vex Mater to do the sibling dance. Sibling dance. Yes, please. Absolutely. If you don't know what that is, just YouTube the sibling dance. You're it's welcome. wonderful. And also, we're sorry. No, we're it's not. It's both. No, we're not. Sorry. No, we're not. We're not sorry. We have no, no. remorse. No. All right. All right. Well, now, with, I think with that solved. off my chest, are you? do you feel unburdened? I feel something. I, I more to come. I mean, I'll try to post his videos on Instagram as they come through. I, you know, you can always go follow him on TikTok. Give him the subscribe. Do that too. Give, or whatever yeah. you do on TikTok. If the follow, yeah. the follow, the fo- the I follow, don't know. The follow things. Yeah, do that. Do that. And then also and until, follow Lana if you feel like it. Yeah. And let us know, does he in fact look like Matt Mercer or are we just like in our own bubble? Because now I can't unsee it. I need someone else to know. Thank you. Thanks. Also, the voice. Is the voice trying to be a, a Matt Mercer copycat? What is it? Someone I don't know that he's trying, but it sure feels like something. It feels like something, anyhow. All right, anyhow. you ready to hop on into this thing? Yeah, yeah, cheers. Cheers. All right, for those of you that are new here, we always start by consulting our handy-dandy trusty Disney Plus summary because it always amuses us greatly so we're going to start there as mentioned this is season two episode 13 the title is tiny kidnapped and brought to storybrook by cora the giant unleashes his vengeance on the town when a case of mistaken identity 
leads him to try and settle an old score with David. Emma, Mr. Gold, and Henry go in search of Bay. Yeah, the summary itself is fine. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know what I'm angry about? What are you angry about? They don't use the Oxford comma. That, yeah. I, I get that's a very dichotomized thing. Either you use it or you don't. But this show, especially their Disney Plus summaries, have never shied away from using excessive punctuation. So it seems weird that Truly, this would they be overuse punctuation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so it's strange to me that this is the one time they don't do a semicolon. They actually have two complete sentences, but they're not, they're omitting the Oxford comma when it should be there. It should not be Emma, Mr. Gold, and Henry. It should be Emma, Mr. Gold, and Henry. And I just think it's incorrect and they should apologize to me publicly. I really appreciate it when your English major <laughs> comes out. <laughs> I just. Don't it's really like it. fun for me. It, it, I, there's the inconsistencies in these summaries are just not okay. Truly, also, like the rest of it, truly is fine. Um, I it occurs to me that the whole kidnapped and brought by chorus piece is like addressed, but not really. Like we never, we were never really explained that chorus plot from her perspective. What she's trying to do here, it's just yeah. Cora kidnapped me and put me on the ship, and her whole plan was for me to plant beans. Side note. Spoiler. I just realized. We don't address how Cora kidnapped this man. No! That's what I mean! Like, straight up! No, like, we don't address it at all. It's just, he's free one minute, and the next he's in a cage. Precisely. Unless we we hallucinated. We don't see Cora this I episode. guess, I guess, no, because Emma let him out of the cage, right? When she slept, when she made him fall asleep, and then, or did she leave him locked in the cage, and Cora just, like, upped that entire cage and left, because she left Hook in that tower, yeah. the beanstalk tower with Tiny, so yeah. it could be that Cora went to save him and was like, ooh, a giant, this will come like handy. That. She said that, it was weird. Uh, I guess? Boy, yeah. sure, uh, we could have... You know that could have that could have been the episode. Like I don't need this Jack and the Beanstalk bullshit more. On I'm sorry, later, but no, no. Some of the most iconic scenes in okay, this. Okay, you're right. You're in right. this episode, we need it exactly as it is. But no, that's fair. This is this is a fun episode. Well, for the scenes that it consists of, also because it's just the plot of the Little Mermaid. Oh, it is. It is. <laughs> like aggressively so. You could put this up scene for scene, pretty much. Yes. Like, I'm pretty sure whoever wrote this episode forgot their script was due, and they were watching Little Mermaid the night before. They came mm-hmm. into the writer's room and were like, oh, fuck, is episode 13 due today? Um, so you have a giant, and he loves human stuff, stuff and would like to be part of their world, but his family says humans are bad. And then he goes through a transformation to be with those humans. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I... Insane. It's just the... It's just the Little Mermaid. Like, Mm -hmm. let's be clear. Yeah, this is not us just, like... This is not us grasping at straws the way the show is trying to make Jack and the Beanstalk happen in this episode. Which will make sense later. Very true. This is actually a parallel. This is a true parallel. It really is. Like, it it is just the plot of Mm -hmm. the Little Mermaid. Until the last couple scenes. Correct. But let's hop in and we'll prove it to you. 
Oh, but we will. <laughs> we are going to start our adventure by me elbowing the table. We oh. start this episode in Storybrooke. Emma and Henry are packing up in the apartment, and Mr. Gold arrives, because if you recall, at the end of last episode, or two episodes ago, he was like, hey, remember you owe me a deal? Cash up, bitch. We're going to find my son. <laughs> so he shows up, and is like, and, and Henry's like, do you think I should bring layers or like light clothes or Where do you think we're going? And Emma's like, I don't know. Layers are great. And he's, and Mr. Gold goes, hey, uh, I thought it, I made it pretty clear that it was just you and I going on this adventure. And Emma's like, hey, I thought I made it pretty clear that I don't want Henry alone with Cora. So either we both go or neither of us go. And Mr. Gold says, okay, I guess we need another ticket. And she says, we're flying somewhere? We've changed on the this. plan immensely. Yeah. More on this, because I have thoughts. <laughs> but we leave that little plot twist, plot change, hanging as David walks in and says, Hey, Gold, you need to keep my family safe or else. And Gold says, Or else what? You'll cross the town line and you'll turn into a vet and you'll be David Nolan and have no memories. Like, whatever. But You're going to come back. after me in your animal rescue van? He's, he actually does say that, and it is weird. <laughs> and I enjoy it. But he, he does finally agree. He says, fine, I will keep them safe. Fine. <laughs> and they all pile into the car, and Henry says, hey, Mr. Gold, where are we going? And Gold says, we're going to the Logan International Airport, which is actually the Vancouver International Airport. But then also, in the episode... It's the Boston Regional Airport. So I don't know which airport they're going to anymore. They're going to a airport that is somewhere to fly. Yes. The end. <laughs> and as they're approaching the town line, Mr. Gold gets real antsy and nervous and is clasping his burlap sack. And Emma kind of looks over and says, are you good? And he says, we better hope this works. Or I'll, because re- if, if I revert back to my cursed self, we'll all be in trouble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. He crosses mm-hmm. the town line and says, my name is Rumpelstiltskin and we are going to find my son. So he remembers who he is. Fantastic. Great. <laughs> Great. Um, so, so much to say about it. Wh- We're coming back to it. But what is his concern, exactly? Uh, well, I thought it was obvious that he'll revert back to his cursed self. And therefore, we will all have problems. Yes, you see, pawn shop owners are um, notoriously dangerous. Uh, you know what? I <laughs> did hear they'll, that. They'll steal your stuff and try to make a <laughs> If Pawn Stars taught me anything, it's don't trust them. Correct. We go back to Mary Margaret's apartment and David and Mary Margaret are like, okay, we have to go find Cora. How difficult can it be to find a sorceress in this small town? And they open the door and Regina's there and they're like, oh, I guess not that difficult, which is funny because she's also a sorceress. Ha ha ha. And Regina, Regina shows up and she goes, guys, I know you think I killed Archie, but I didn't. Because remember, if you recall, that was a whole Uh thing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a whole thing. Archie was killed. It was Regina's mm-hmm. fault. We all hate her now. Mm-hmm. And they go, oh, 
You were fr- Archie's alive. Also, you were framed. Oh, you oh, was you I? Was I? <laughs> was I? I wish. I wish he had said no. Was I? Like I wish. Because oh my god! Again, they keep. She insisting. knows she did. They keep insisting on this framing of. We have to let Regina know she was framed. Uh huh. She's aware she didn't commit murder. Yeah, she she knows who she's killed, and she knows Archie was not on that list. Right. This is the woman who knows Claude. You'll recall. You remember. <laughs> you remember <You're>... Claude. <laughs> I love Claude more than anything. I'm obsessed with Claude. Oh, absolutely. I'm fully obsessed with Claude. He's great. But anyway, they let him know, hey, you didn't do it. And she says, oh, good. And they say, but your mom did. Terrible news. She got here. And it's probably dangerous. And she says, oh, no. Well, where's my son in that case? And Mary Margaret goes, yeah, about that. He's not here. Like, he's gone. Um, yeah, great. he's gone. He and Emma just left. Mm-hmm. And Regina says, okay. First of all, she pretends not. She's playing dumb about Cora and Hopper, even though she already knows Archie's fine. She knows that Cora's back. She plays dumb with that, but she is very upset that Emma took Henry without telling her. And Emma's like, Emma, Mary Margaret says, well, you know, we we didn't know where you were. And quite frankly, I don't think Emma has to run anything by you. There was a legal. There was a legal adoption. Yeah. There was a legal adoption that had to have gone outside of Storybrooke. Yes. So, um, yeah. No? And, <laughs> no? And furthermore, no. if you recall, this is the second time Emma has kidnapped Henry. The of first course. being towards the end of season one. one? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she's at it again. Ah! She's at it again! <laughs> Help! They're at it again! Emma's kidnap step in time. <laughs> it's fine, right? Oh, yeah. At any rate, Mary, Margaret, David, and Leroy spring hook from the hospital. They get him out of there and they start questioning him about Cora. He is not being very compliant and makes many a gross comments. He says he doesn't know her plans, but agrees to take him to the ship. And, you know, Mary, Margaret's trying to get information from him and he's trying to be kind of gross and she brushes him off and he goes and i quote i can see where emma got her big paws to lick lips gumption disgusting the visceral response i had to it was gross because not only i didn't write down the full exchange but that was in particular bad but it was already like he'd already said one thing that was gross and got David on his case. Uh, this scene did confirm that Hook does have a um, affinity for BDSM, which we don't kink shame, but boy, did we learn a lot about this man. Yes. Yes. There's a lot of, again, this is the second um, episode in a row where mm-hmm. we have Hook making comments about being tied up in bed or enjoying being hurt. So it's just, it's interesting. 
It's interesting. Well, this, and this time gets even more interesting because David gets in on the fun. He says, I'll show you a fun time. Yes. Or something like that. Uh, he, yeah, he's like, Hook says something gross to Snow and Charming grabs him by the throat <laughs> and is like, how about you and I have some like grown fun. up girl bonding time? <laughs> like, yes. Basically. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole thing. It is. And during all this, they do find that there is a giant who is kidnapped by Korra. Just a, a casual giant in a cage. But who's not giant. It's just a man. He's a man-sized giant. One might call him a little giant. The tiniest uh... of giants. I'm sorry you all had to just listen to me sing. That was unkind. That was lovely. Thank you. We are going now to the Enchanted Forest, more specifically the Land of Giants. And the giants are celebrating nothing other than the magic bean harvest. Hooray! Hooray! Great. Uh-huh. The giant we saw just one scene earlier is there, and also many episodes earlier, because we have seen him before. Right. His name is Anton, but because he is... Small in comparison to his brothers, they all call him Tiny, and he does not like this. But he shows up, and they're all like, where were you? And he was like, definitely not hanging out with humans. And they were all like, oh my god, humans are dangerous. And he says, no, they're not. And they realize that Anton has this little tiny harp that belonged to a human, and his brother Arlo explains that they no longer trade with humans because they destroy life while giants nurture life. And Anton says, okay, so why do we grow these magic beans if no one uses them? And no one has an answer, but Arlo says that it's the work that's important. So it's a Lion King one and a half situation. All they do is dig so they can hide and hide so they can dig. Capitalism wins. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Labor for the sake of labor. Yep. One of his brothers grabs his harp and breaks it. And Anton is very sad, so he runs away from the table and decides to climb down the beanstalk to join the human world. Because he hmm. wants to be part, part of, of that world. Exactly. In Storybrooke, they are still trying to get Hook to open up about Cora's plans, and he keeps denying knowing anything. Finally, Mary Margaret opens up the giant's cage. And he reveals that his name is Anton and asks if the witch is gone, revealing that Cora shrunk him and, you know, Mary Margaret him to help. Travel-sized, as Leroy your, puts it. Yep, for your convenience, as Mushu <laughs> the dragon says. But Mary Margaret's trying to, you know, calm him down. And then Anton spots David and becomes enraged because it seems like he recognizes him. And Leroy tries to help out, but is immediately knocked aside because... Why not? Mary Margaret shoots an arrow near the giant and he leaves. And he promises that David is going to pay for his evil and it leaves everyone feeling very confused. Fair. Because it's a confusing sentence to hear when David has never seen, met this or interacted with this dragon. Dragon? <laughs> what? My brain just forgot the word giant and said dragon. Listen, it's, <laughs> it's fine. Um, you... 
Do you smell burnt toast? Are you having a stroke? No, I still smell Taco Bell, if I'm being honest. I think that one's probably okay. I don't remember okay, that great. being on the checklist of things <laughs> that happen oh, when good. you are having a stroke. Fantastic. In the hospital, Belle is visited by Ruby, and Belle does not remember her at all. Ruby, you know, introduces herself and says that she used to come into Granny's Diner all the time. She brought her, like, a cute little care package of some food, her favorite, a book by her favorite author, and, you know, they have a nice little chat, and Belle asks Ruby about the man who healed her in the fireball that he threw, and Ruby does what any good best friend would do, uh-huh. and uh, she gaslights the fuck out of Belle and says, oh, no, no, it's the tranquilizers that are giving you nightmares. Calm down, Belle. And when she calls her Belle, this really ticks her off. And she's like, stop calling me that. Everyone's calling me this. Stop it. Just stop it. And um, the nurse comes in and sedates her casually and says, we've been having to do this every day. Which is an upsetting sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have some notes about the Storybrooke Hospital. Is it about the woods door again? No. Wow. Just just some thoughts about... Just, I can't wait. Thoughts and things. Things and thoughts. So they take Ruby, uh, Ruby, they take Belle back to her room, and Ruby leaves and runs into Greg, the outsider, the stranger, you know, the guy that hit everyone with his car and got off on a warning. And she of says, course. Oh, how are you feeling? And he's like, oh, you know, I'm doing good. And she says, great. Then you can leave our sleepy little town, ta- our quiet little town, and get back to your life. And this is so normal for anybody to say, especially a man who's run over another man with a car. Yep. Oh, good. Then you can leave soon and get out and not ask questions and not poke around. We're a normal town. Yeah. Why? Yeah, why? We are now back at the diner. Uh, Leroy and Mary Margaret and David. I guess we haven't been at the diner yet. We've just referenced the diner. We do go to the diner. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Leroy, Mary Margaret, and David are sitting there, and Leroy and, and Mary Margaret ask David, hey, how did that giant know you? And It's my favorite, because it seems like they've had a beer, they've had lunch, and they're just finally like, oh shit, so that giant recognizes <laughs> you. <laughs> right, I shot an arrow at that giant, um, I know why? it's been like five hours, but why? What was that about? <laughs> yeah. What was that about? <laughs> Do you know that dude? <laughs> and David says, I've never seen him in my life. And then his eyes go big and he zones out. He's like, or he, like, maybe he thinks he's met me before. I had a twin! Ha ha ha! We go to the Enchanted Forest, where Prince James and a woman are having a moment, we'll say. And I love it, because I don't think... A heavy petting session. (laughs) Correct. Correct. And I don't think that Josh Dallas quite knew what to do with the... Be a bad boy. Script notes. It is interesting to watch how he's decided to play this moment. <laughs> That's what I will say. And he um, throws her on the bed. You can see her leg is all exposed. This is, is very sexy for once yes, upon a time. It is. This is one of the more intense moments they will ever give us. It, Except for yes. maybe... Regina making out with her dead boyfriend in a dream. Well, yeah, but that was just fan service. 
Listen. And so he is on top of her. You know what's about to happen next. Only nope. King George walks in. Do you guys want some snacks? Can I get you guys a condom? Oh, you keep me young. That is essentially what happens. He has a whole conversation and James kind of just stays where he is like, okay, you're interrupting something, but yeah, let's talk. All right, we'll have this conversation. I'm at half-mass, but don't worry about it. (laughs) No one is concerned. Like, this is a normal occurrence. The woman is not concerned. King George is not concerned. James is like, every day. The woman is like, yep, this has occurred three times this week. Uh Uh-huh. It's Tuesday. Basically. He says, this is my father, King George. Father, this is, and King George says, I don't care. The kingdom is near bankruptcy. <laughs> the giant is near. Lois laughing because I misheard the episode the first time. That isn't why I'm, I'm laughing, thinking. but yes, that is also very funny. Oh, no. Okay, why are you laughing? Then well, I'll, I'll get into what I misheard in the episode. I'm just laughing because the way you just said it just kind of like... <laughs> It just really drove home that, like, this man has wandered into this boy's bedroom where he's, like, clearly about to have sex. And it's just like, son, I must talk to you about the bankruptcy. (laughs) This is just something that happens in this man's world. And James is unfazed. Like, this is just what happens in his world. He's like, okay, clearly every hookup will come with a bankruptcy (laughs) intermission. And the thing is, I don't think this is new news to James. The whole thing is always been he knows he's bankrupt. So it's like, yeah, why are you telling me this again, Dad? Dude, I'm trying to get my dick wet. (laughs) Basically. Um, I will say, when King George explained that they were bankrupt, Uh I did absolutely mishear and thought that he said, because of all of James's dalliances, the kingdom is now bankrupt. When really he said, I don't have... I don't have time for your latest dalliance. We are bankrupt is essentially what he said. And I misheard and was like, he slept around so much that he got the kingdom bankrupt. (laughs) He made the kingdom bankrupt. What a time. What a time to be alive. Um, I, again, I just, I do really appreciate the, the insinuation that he's, George is like, not now, son. I have no time for this woman. We must uh-huh. discuss the bankruptcy currently, right now. Yep. And, like, this That's- has clearly happened. Like, th- every Wednesday he wanders in and is like, sir? <laughs> to the <no."> bankruptcy. <laughs> sir, this is a bankruptcy. <laughs> but the great thing is, you know, this woman's actually really chill. They, they climb off each other. They start talking about the bankruptcy. And King George says, so we're bankrupt, but there's a giant near and this might help we should approach this giant but don't kill it and the woman's like yeah i can kill a giant but i won't but i could do this i could help yeah nice to meet you like she's unfazed she's just like yeah this has happened before yeah no it is really interesting because we open in this scene in media res right like right things have occurred before we correct saw what before what we're watching but I get the vibe off of the woman and um, James that, like, this is a first-time thing? Like, a one-night stand, almost? Right. Otherwise, I would assume she would know King George, personally. Right? Or at least know that 
it feels flingy. Yeah. But this fling is like, yeah, sure, I'll help your kingdom since you interrupted my my booty call. I was just trying to get laid, and now suddenly I have to go not kill a giant. Yep. But we leave that where it is to go back to Storybrooke. David realizes the giant thinks he's James, and he tells Leroy to gather the dwarves. Assemble the dwarves. Assemble the dwarves! Bring me my dwarves! Dwarves now. He says that. It's weird. (laughs) We are back in the Enchanted Forest, or the Land of the Giants. No, no. We have left the Land of the Giants. We are truly in the Enchanted Forest, because Anton is in the human world. And he is looking into a tavern with his giant eyes, his entire... I like his the whole window was just his eye. Yep. And he's like, hmm, yeah. And he leaves. And James and the woman from before show up and say, Hey, like or I get you know, you should get a drink. The bartender will serve anyone that has coin. And they chit chat and they agree to show him around and they say, But you're kind of big and Anton's like, Yeah, I'm too small for the land of the giants, and I'm too big for here. And the woman says not fear, not despair, not friends. She despair says despair, not. not. She does. It's very strange, but she offers him a mushroom that she got by slaying a Jabberwocky, that will make her smaller. And she says her name is Jacqueline, but most people call her Jack, and it's funny because Jack and the Beanstalk. Ha 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 ha! Hate it here. You can tell how I feel about that from my laughter. That's fair. We are now in the real world. Ooh, fancy. Emma, Henry, and Gold are purchasing their their, um, plane tickets. And Henry is just being a typical kiddo, which is nice for once. He's just like, are you nervous? Have you been on a plane before? Where are we going? And Gold's like, would you stop? But they're in line for TSA. And, you know, the agent says, okay, sir, you need to take off your shawl and drop your cane. And he's like, I need to fucking, how undignified, remove my shoes? You want me to do what? And he gets a little unruly. Kind of uh, suggests he might fight everyone in line. And Emma's like, easy there, Dad. And he gets even more offended, which is fair. I'd be offended to be Emma's parent as well. You know what? Suddenly, David's decisions make a lot more sense. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. But Emma convinces him to take off his shawl. And he walks through the metal detector. It's truly just a metal detector. It is not like... Like, Lowe pointed this out. It is not the standard TSA scanners that we know now. It's very interesting because, like, we're very clearly, obviously, post-9-11 because we have all this security going through. But at the exact same time, we don't – it was just bonkers because they just walked through a metal detector, which obviously airports still do, airports still have. But I'm just so now at this point it's, used to seeing the full right. body scanners. It was like, right. oh, wow, this we really used to do this. Uh-huh. So as he walks through, he gets a little bit disoriented. Uh, but Emma puts the shawl back on him as quickly as she can. And everything is seemingly okay. Yay. We are, we are now in Storybrooke. Hook is in an alleyway and he pulls out a card, a playing card with the Queen of Hearts on it. And he places it on the ground. Contact Cora, but instead Regina shows up and she's like, Oh, look, it's you, the guy who was supposed to kill my mom, and then you didn't. And he's like, Oh, 
you know me, I didn't want to deny you a, a happy reunion. And Regina says, well, lucky for you, we have reunited and made up. Um, you know, did they, and also did they find your ship? Like she's starting to question if, if the Charmings have found his, have found the ship mm-hmm. and all of Cora's things. And Hook says Cora should ask herself and all of this we get around to revealing that ship has been discovered. The giant has escaped. Giant and wants to kill James David. slash David, which is good. At first, Regina's like, oh, the giant escaped. But then after finding out that this giant is really upset with David, thinking he's James, she starts to plot something. This is working out in her favor. Everything is fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. Quick question. Uh-huh. Why does this man lay a, a playing card on the ground and expect Cora to appear? Um, well, because playing cards are the currency in Wonderland. Uh-huh. Okay. And, um, much like a magnet, she's drawn to- I, I got nothing. I'm, I'm she's, trying to she's, come up with something. She's- uh, uh, No, no, no. Let's follow this through. Let's follow this through. Okay, okay, okay. Um, by placing it in like a magnet, in theory, she should appear, but that was his mistake. He thought that using the Queen of Hearts would draw her, but that's actually like when you have two sides of the same magnet and it repels. He actually ah. needed the inverse of that, which would be but the, uh, the king, king of diamonds. <laughs> of diamonds. <laughs> or would it be the king of spades? Because that's like oh, when no. spade is yeah. an upside down heart. Yeah. Almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, uh-huh. he uh-huh. actually bamboozled himself by using the Queen of Hearts and um, bamboozled again. <laughs> and yeah, that's all I got. I, that's all I can come up with. You know what? That's solid. <laughs> solid explanation. That's Thank better than you. anything once would have given us. They gave us nothing. They just, they just expected us to accept the fact that a playing card on the ground would give us Cora. <laughs> Hook plus playing card on ground equals Cora. Yep. Great. Okay. Yeah, exactly. All right. In the Enchanted Forest, Jack and James take Anton into the tavern. He's now small. The show does not want to animate him shrinking, so we are just told that it worked. Yeah. Or showed that it worked. And they, you know, they get a bunch of drinks, and they're buttering him up with drinks and asking about his family. And after a little while, James gets up and walks away. Anton watches and sees him arguing with another man and jack says oh didn't you hear james's king or didn't he tell you james's kingdom is in debt to that man's kingdom when would he have my sister in christ you guys have been in the tavern for all of five minutes together when (laughs) would james have told him this you don't have to say didn't you know you can just say it's pretty unfortunate about this isn't it yeah, boy, this is sad. Oh, pay that no mind. Here's what's going on, as I say. Despair well, not. I'm not supposed to tell you this. Despair not, Anton. Despair quite frequently, Anton. Mm-hmm. For and sooth, James' kingdom has fallen into bankruptcy. Oh, no. And his father told me that while I wasn't getting off. Pre-coitus, I was told this. The worst time to be told this. <laughs> Correct. 
And she, you know, she reveals that they accept gold coins and that magic beans would be worth like 10,000 gold coins. And, you know, they need money. And Anton hears all this and goes, well, I have stuff, like I have money and I can help with that. To his credit, he does not, he does say they don't have magic beans, but they, they have riches. Right. So he protects the beans. Good for him. Very good for him. Back in Storybrooke, Anton is sitting by a river pensively, as one does. As one does. Regina approaches, and he, you know, he says that that he does not want to be, he's like, I don't like humans, I don't trust humans. And she's like, no, no, but I'm here to help, and reveals that she doesn't like David either, and gives him a piece of a mushroom that will grow him back to his normal size. Fantastic. But it won't last for long. Nope. As well you know. Only one hour. Yes, we are told it lasts one hour. Hey, I heard a really good joke. This has nothing to do with anything, but it does. This is a joke I heard from Alice in Disneyland, so. Ooh, I can't wait. Why does the caterpillar sit on top of the mushroom and not below? I don't know. Because there's not much room. (laughs) (laughs) That's delightful. Made my day when I heard it. It's like the Mad Hatter in Disneyland asked a child if she was happy or married. Yeah, she's like, are you married or are you happy? And she just goes, happy. It was, it was great. It was a core memory. The vibe. Immaculate. We, back in the real world, you're in there, um, terminal they're at their gate and gold is pacing back and forth and emma is kind of now doing the henry thing and is like hey are you okay what's wrong and he's like would you stop fucking talking to me and he storms off important notes i forgot to say this before as they're in line henry's like is it weird now that you're not gonna have magic are you worried about not having magic is that gonna be hard for you to no longer have magic <laughs> the most 10 year old he's ever been it's fantastic but he, you know, is now ticked off and he goes into a bathroom, closes the bathroom stall, and he punches the toilet seat cover dispenser until his hand bleeds and he tries to magic wave over it and he can't heal it and seems very distressed by this. Mm-hmm. Interesting to note. Interesting mm-hmm. to note. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Henry opens the door and is like, Mr. Gold, it's time for the plane to board. Are you good? I have my cinnamon roll. <laughs> Not yet he doesn't. He's getting No, he it. doesn't. They're... Uh, but the plane is getting ready to board. He should have I, it by I, now. Okay, I would hope that Emma's holding it and was like, you're not walking with this into a bathroom. Like, leave the fucking cinnamon roll with me. I think that's exactly what she said. Because he probably was about to and she was like, easy Absolutely there, Absolutely the not. <laughs> yep, she said that to the 10-year-old. It was weird. She did. She was like, absolutely the fuck not, cowboy. <laughs> exactly. In the Enchanted Forest, Anton is back up in the land of the giants. He is packing up his shiny stuff, all of his treasures. And Arlo is like, we were worried about you. Where were you? And Anton's like, yeah, I, you know, I was with the humans. He's kind of, he kind of admits to Jack and James that he wants to live there, basically. He's like, well, shit, if this kingdom's going to be bankrupt and, you know, burnt to the ground, I should do something about it because I don't want it to be burned. This is my home now. I've known it all five minutes and I live here now. 
I live here now and I would like it to be a nice place. Thank you. I live here now even though I will no longer be small because I only had one bite of that mushroom and I can only stay small for an hour, but this is my home now. This is my home now. Yep. And so Anton kind of explains that he's, you know, getting stuff for the humans. And Arlo apologizes for teasing but says, you know, we're family and, and you know, we love you. We, we tease you in love, but, like, we don't mean to make you upset. We care for you. Okay. Maybe and just don't tease. That's, right? that's my that's suggestion. Speaking as somebody yeah. who teases quite frequently, but if somebody doesn't like to te- be teased. Right. Then you stop. Maybe, maybe we just don't. don't. Yeah. But during this conversation, they look over and notice that the sentry birds are flying around, which signal a human invasion. Oh, no. In Storybrooke, giant Anton is kind of standing there and, like, lazily saying things like, don't come closer. I will kill you. I'm a killer. Don't Grr. come any... Grr. He kind of, like, lazily throws a car. Like, in their direction, but clearly not going to hit them. Yeah, he's just like, mm I throw this in your it, yeah. general direction. It, it reminds me of the scene in The Princess Bride when Andre the Giant... Mm-hmm. It has the boulders, and Wesley's like still, I think, half dead from the poison, or something. he isn't moving, or something. I don't know. He's he, oh, he just climbed up the. He's climbing up the the cliffs yep. of what despair, you? despair, and he's like or something. Andre's like, that. like throwing Chucky things down, the, being like, "You shouldn't come closer," and he's like, "I feel like maybe you're not." No, like, the, and they're like having this very civilized conversation, right? And like, same idea. Where he's like, he, this guy's truly not trying to kill anyone. He's just antagonizing a little bit. Mm-hmm. But the car misses Mary, Margaret, and David. And David's like, "Hey, random citizens, run! Get to Grant! Get to the town hall! And somebody get Leroy, because you know we can't have a ma- major event without Leroy present, because he needs to alert the others." Bring me my dwarf! Again, he needs his dwarves. <laughs> Just Leroy. But, Just yeah. Leroy this time. <laughs> and, and then at one point, um, you know, Anton is still very upset, and David starts walking forward, and Mary Margaret's like, what are, you do- what are you doing? And he's like, giving him what he wants. That's later. I'm getting ahead of myself. No, I'm not. No, I'm giving like, him what he wants. That's like close. I was, yeah, I was reading one sentence down. I'm like, wait, now Leroy's running? Where am I? But uh, David uh-huh. runs towards Anton and tries to convince him that he's not James. He's like, hey, hey, I never hurt you. That was my twin brother, James. He was, we were separated at birth and he was raised by a terrible person. He was a heartless person. Awful, uh-huh. awful, awful. Mm-hmm. And Anton's like, okay, well, where is he? And he's like, he got the worst fate someone could receive. He got what was coming to him. He died. He died. <laughs> he paid the he paid the highest price for his for actions. his arrogance. I his believe arrogance. Yes. Yep. And at this point, Leroy shows up and runs towards Mary Margaret. And Mary Margaret tells Anton, "Like, hey, like we we care. Like, we're thankful for you because you know you you know you gave our daughter Emma the enchanted compass. You gave her that compass, and so we're thankful for you." Mm-hmm. You know our daughter. And Anton's like, Emma, let me talk to her. 
And Mary Margaret used my favorite delivery ever. She goes, um, she's sort of out of town. It's very funny. She's very just like apologetic. And Anton goes, great. Everyone I want to talk with isn't here right now. And he starts to chase them. Love that journey for them. We now pop on back over to the Enchanted Forest. And Arlo is very scared of James and Jack because they are there. And Anton says, no, 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 no. These are my friends I told you about. Mm -hmm. They're not going to take stuff. And James and Jack are like, first of all, we're not your fucking friends. And second of all, yeah, we're going to take stuff. We're going to take all your shit. This is all our stuff now. And James is like, we're here for the beans. And Jack pulls out her sword and they run to get those beans. And Lo, I know you have thoughts on how this goes down. I can't wait for you to get into them later. I do have thoughts on how this goes down. I have so many thoughts on how this goes down. It's just bonkers. We rapid fire back to Storybook for potentially one of the most iconic moments. They are running from Anton the Giant. First of all, it is so important to me. We need to mention, because this is the very first time, I mean, maybe I noticed it many moons ago when we first watched, but Mm -hmm. this is the first time we've watched this scene and I have noticed Anton in the background getting caught in power lines. It's my favorite. (laughs) Like he's just caught in the power lines. It's so good. There's spark. They animated sparks. It's so funny. It happens twice. Like he doesn't learn the next go round. He runs into like another one of power lines. It's so good. That's just delightful. And now we are going to head into what is one of my favorite scenes of Once Upon a Time. Easily. So we're running from the giant and Leroy asks David why David and his twin brother are both named James. Which, first of all, confirms the question I've always had, which is, does the kingdom just think James 180'd his personality? Yes. Yes. Apparently they (laughs) all do. So yes, they do. Leroy, so Leroy says, hey, why are your brother both named James? And David says, we aren't. And Leroy's like, well, is your name charming? And Mary Margaret says, no, that's a nickname I gave him. Uh-huh. And David says, his name is David. And Leroy's like, your cursed name? Like, wait, so you're, you're David charming James? And he says, no, just David. And he says, I'm going to call you whatever I damn well please. It's magnificent. And and, and David says, sounds great, Leroy. <laughs> okay, Leroy. Also, really important for me to note here, much like the power lines, okay, we're all running for our lives from this giant that keeps <laughs> getting caught in the power lines. <laughs> David and Mary Margaret are holding fucking hands. <laughs> That's, you know what you do when you're running for your life? You hold hands. You hold hands. You're not in a, it's, I, it, I, it would be one thing if, like, it was this, like, very crowded scene where, like, the fear is you're going to get separated. Right. It's just the three but of them. It's a pretty just open the road. They're only ones on there, on That's the street, weird. running away. Um, also, does the hospital not have windows? I, I'm pretty sure Greg's gonna find <laughs> out about magic, you dip fucks. There's a giant running around. <laughs> 
Like, I think he's going to find out that something is afoot because there's a giant in their midst. There's a giant in our midst. And I just don't know why people are so concerned about him asking questions. If he looks outside, he will probably realize there's a giant. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And if not, he's going to go, wow, how did the town get destroyed so easily? And if not, then you're going to go, oh. He's an idiot. He's the dumbest man alive. (laughs) We have nothing to be concerned about. Exactly. But at any rate, they realize if they run any further, they're going to hit the town line. And David proposes a deal. He will die to protect the people of Storybrook. And Anton's like, okay. And he tries to, like, bitch stomp David into the ground. Like, um, like uh, Mario stomp. Like, when he does a super jump. And he misses, and David, Leroy, and Mary Margaret are, like, sonic boom thrown back by the blow. Like, it creates, like, a a shockwave somehow. And at that exact timing, when his foot hits the ground, the mushroom wears off, and he turns back into teeny tiny size, or normal size for us, tiny for him. And there is now a hole, a giant hole, and a human-sized Anton is clinging to an underground pipe that just happened to be beneath him. Sure. My favorite is they all go, where did he go? <laughs> when they're staring at this giant hole. I don't know, into the fucking hole in the ground. <laughs> and they walk forward like they're expecting to see like a mummy or like a gnome. Like, yeah. what's going to be in there? It's weird. It is. In the enchanted forest, in the land of the giants, the human army is over, has overtaken the giants. And they have used swords dipped with poison. Uh, we find this out because Ar- um, Arlo is explained to Anton, your brothers are dead. The swords are dipped with poison. We need to protect the beans from the humans by destroying them. Go destroy them. I think he has some like salt d- the dirt too so they can't grow back. I don't yeah. really know. Yes, he does. He has them burn, burn the crops and salt the dirt. Yep. Great. In Storybrooke, Anton is trying to keep hold of his grip, which is funny because there is a pipe just behind him. If someone said, kick your foot back, you will have something to stand on. Um, But no one does that. Instead, Granny is tying a rope to the back of David's truck so that David can climb down and rescue him. He just like wraps the rope around his waist and like hoists himself down and is like, Anton, take my hand. And Anton's like, no. And David's like, you don't really want to die, do you? And so Anton admits, no, I don't want to die. And he takes David's hand, and they're both pulled up to safety. Yay! Yay! We go back to the land of the giants to see Jack stabbing Arlo with her sword. She stabs him in the boot, which that must be the world's pointiest, sharpest sword. It really must. In general, because I imagine giants have thicker skin than humans. One would think. But we don't address this. She tries to run, but Arlo grabs her. You know how giants are notoriously kind and not combative, and that was Arlo's whole thing, is how humans uh-huh. destroy and and giants yep. nurture. So he nurturingly stabs her with her own sword, you know, the one dipped in poison. Right, of course. And she falls to the floor and calls out for James, and he kind of looks over and keeps gathering up treasure, and she's like, don't leave me. And he grins, kind of shrugs, and then goes down the beanstalk to let her die. Truly. Which is fine, because what's he supposed to do? She has been poisoned. Right, like there's nothing, by giant killing, 
Uh-huh. Poison. Uh-huh. She this should point. be dead on just arrival. Uh-huh. But no, it takes her a minute. Uh, Arlo collapses next to her, and he asks Anton if the beams were destroyed, and yes, he confirms that they were. And Arlo's like, great, they're all gone forever, except for this. And he pulls out a little tiny seed, like a little seed, a little sapling seedling uh-huh. thing to grow a beanstalk. No, don't come at me. It is not a magic bean. I will not be counting it. I'll get into it later. This is not a bean. This is a sapling. And explains that, you know, because capitalism, he just, in labor laws, he just needs to keep growing them for the sake of growing them because of that's course. life. Yeah. He needs to find a new way to grow these one day. And then he dies. In Storybrooke, they, our heroes take Anton to the diner. Leroy's really selling him on it. He's like, we all hang out here. Granny's got the best lasagna. Does it's not she? frozen at all. No, definitely not. And says, you know, she also owns the inn, so we can probably get you a spot to stay. And Anton's like, that's nice. I'll probably live in the woods, though. Uh, but thanks. And Leroy says, nah, you don't need to. Storybrooke's full of all types. We have werewolves. We have dwarves. We have humans. We have mice, I guess. Everyone fits in. Yeah, that's how the Enchanted Forest was. Yeah, I was going to say, much like the Enchanted Forest. This isn't special. Storybook is not special. This is just how your life was. This is just what coexisting looked like for you at all times. Now you just have modern amenities and indoor plumbing. Exactly. Good good for that. But, good uh, for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, Anton says, well, do you guys all, like, like living here is this home for you and mary margaret says yeah we've made it our home because there is no way to go back to where we're from and then anton says actually i think there is a way and he pulls out little beanstalk stem he's like you know mary margaret's like guess we're trapped here and anton's like yeah i guess you are i have a beanstalk okay sex <laughs> machina jusx beanstalk yep and so they take Anton to this giant field, and Anton touches the dirt and says, it's loamy, not lonely. We thought he said lonely. For we many. did. We had to turn on the closed captions. Just We sure did. Because I was, like, he I guess the word lonely. he could be saying is loamy, but that seems weird. No, he's saying loamy. Yep. But he touches the dirt and says, yeah, this will work. Uh, but guys, I'm a little worried because the entire reason Cora brought me here was for me to plant this sapling, and now I'm a little concerned that I'm going to be doing exactly what she wants. Uh-huh. And Mary Margaret says, no, no, no. We won't let her get to them. Here's the plan. Mm. No. Ex- pretty much. <laughs> Does she say how? Nah. Just no. And Leroy says, hey, Anton, you want to help us dig? And Anton says, I thought you guys did mining. And Leroy, much like Arlo, says, eh, we're not... You know, it's all, it's mostly about the work. We don't care what we're doing as long as it's labor. Yeah. It's, we work to work and that's it. That's our aim. I I have a lot of thoughts on working to work and how that would not work for me in Storybrooke. We can touch on it later. We have a, I have a lot of, I have a lot of questions about just the general Storybrooke situation. And I think that's fair. 
so, you know, Anton says, yeah, sure, I'll help. And he hands Leroy, um, Leroy hands him a pickaxe and it says the name Tiny on it. That word appears, his name appears. And David goes, hey, I worked in those mines for months. How come I didn't get a name? Like this bitch needs a new name. He already has three. He has five. Leroy is five. He has 50 million names. Yeah, and, exactly. But Leroy says, because you ain't a dwarf. I guess. Fair. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Mm-hmm. We go back to the hospital where Belle is reading the book that Ruby gave her. Greg comes into her room and says, hey, um, I'm the guy that, you know, was driving the car. My bad. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Are you okay? He sits on her bed like it's his. He just takes a seat. Mm-hmm. White man privilege. Uh-huh. And says, hey, you know, I heard you um, talking about what you saw and she goes yeah yeah and you think i'm crazy and he says no because i saw it too dun 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 we are back at the diner david brings mary margaret coffee and they walk outside and they're talking about james and and david's wondering you know if if he'd turned out if he'd been raised by king george would he have turned out the same way and mary margaret says no i know your heart and and that wouldn't happen to you and they're holding hands, and she kind of looks over at him and grins and says, it was kind of fun today. And he says, what? Avoiding death and being chased around? And she's like, uh, yeah, it was kind of fun. It was kind of sexy of us. And they kind of, they discuss the idea of returning to the Enchanted Forest now that they have beans. Right. And Mary Margaret says, no, you know, I don't want to leave Emma, and Emma wouldn't come with us. Like, I we could do this every day, but I'm not going to leave her. And David's like, Emma and Henry have each other. They don't need us. We don't need to be here for them. She doesn't need our protection. Uh-huh. 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 Um, more thoughts on that later. I don't, don't want to be dead. Um, no. Doesn't want to be. No. No. Uh, but the main takeaway here is that um, Emma is horny for crime. Uh-huh. Mary Margaret is horny for danger. Yeah, no. Um, both Charming and Snow. I, I've decided that That's it true. is That's fair. It's, it's a weird um like Punnett Square thing mm-hmm. where if two parents both have a dominant horny for danger <laughs> gene, sure. then the child will emerge with a dominant horny for crime. There Perhaps it is. Perhaps a recessive horn. No, it's Henry. Ooh. No, let's think about Henry. Henry, Ooh. I hesitate to use the word horny because, again, child. He, he is a... Until season seven. But he has shown a proclivity for crime, mm-hmm. given yes. that the first time we see him, he's stolen a car, a credit card in order to commit credit card fraud to go on whosyourmommy.com. And drinks orange juice out of a carton. Also a crime. crime. That's a crime. I would point at that and scream crime. Yes. We Which is just my favorite pastime. Oh, it's my new favorite thing to go on Disney attractions and point at things that are crimes because Disney Plus will flag things in in their little trigger warning thingy, uh, content warning, whatever it's called. I can't think of the actual. It's like content warning. It's their tag system, essentially. It it will say crime if there are things that Disney may not support, like drugs or swearing or smoking. It'll just say crime. Pinocchio is tagged as crime. I cannot wait to watch the new one. Oh, I need to see it so badly. So badly. We need to we need to sit down and find a time yeah. to, yep. to yep. watch yep. that. Moving on. 
we end this episode back in the real world. Uh, Mr. Gold, Emma, and Henry are now on the airplane. Henry's excited. She's like, you know, Emma's like, are you good, kid? He's like, are you kidding? First airplane, window seat, and I have a Cinnabon. The only thing that can make this any better is more frosting, which is simultaneously the most, most childlike sentence and also sounds like something a child would never say. It's very hello, fellow youths. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, but Emma looks over and notices the makeshift bandages on Mr. Gold's knuckles from punching the dispenser and tells him, we'll find your son soon. And we pan out, and that is the end of the episode. Wow. Well, good job. Take a, uh, take a drink. Um, I will. I will do that. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, that was sure a time. Um, oh, yeah. First of all, oh. um, welcome to the newest Disney princess, Tiny. He's delightful and yes. just Ariel. It's it's uh-huh. just Ariel. It's just Ariel aggressively so. I, I'm sorry. Again, I know we kind of touched on it, but this is a fish out of water story, no pun intended, in that the giant loves the human world and the human things. The family mm-hmm. does not like the humans because of Question threats. mark, question mark, past trauma. Yeah, past threats and trauma and things that have occurred. That we will not be seen, but we must just take it face value. But our main character hoards the human things because they are so in love with the humans. And then they visit the human world after performing some sort of magic in order to... Transform... Some transformative action occurs. Right, so that they can walk unhindered throughout the human realm. Mm -hmm. And then... There is a deal that is struck. And then they discover, oh no, the ramifications and uh, fine print of of my own actions. Ah, the worst. Don't you hate it when the consequences of your own actions show up to haunt you? So, Uh yeah. um, Little Mermaid? More like Tiny Giant. Ha! Yeah. Ha! The tiny giant. It's funny. Eh. Um, I think I would like to talk for a moment about Rumpelstiltskin. Uh-huh. So we saw the episode, you know, my favorite scene where the car, the, she gets shot, falls down, the car comes, knocks them all over. The best scene in the show, yes. Right, 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 right. <laughs> that scene starts with him crossing the town line and holding her close and kissing her uh-huh. as he literally is about to embark to find his son. Right. Uh-huh. On foot. Uh-huh. And we've already addressed this because he'd not had the blood globe yet. We talked about this when he used the blood globe. We were like, the fuck was his plan before? It becomes increasingly clear that he had no plan. Yes. And, and I, and because not only did he not know where he was going, it seems like he perhaps thought he might have magic still when he crossed over. Yes. That was really weird. And, as if not having it is going to be a huge hindrance on him as a person, which I would accept as canon had we had proof and implication that those 28 years during the curse, he still had magic and was using it secretly. Yes. But it's a whole thing. The, the whole tag between season one and season two is magic is coming, and it's a big deal. He's that getting magic back. That skin has magic. It's not mm-hmm. just that magic is back, but it is a threat that Rumpelstiltskin has his magic back. Right. 
So the implication is that for 28 years, he didn't have it. So by no accounts should he suddenly think he like can a recovering heal addict. Like yeah. a recovering addict that is like, I don't have my magic. I will not be able to support myself. You know, my thing, I, I actually am okay if the idea is he's gotten his magic back and now he's like oh i remember what it feels like i don't want to lose it again and suddenly he's lost it again right i i could i could be there with the the anxiety of that the that's fixed that that would give him so i like i'm down with everything up to once he's done punching that toilet uh and trying dispenser that is fine well, it's weird because it seems it's, like it wasn't until Henry brought it up that he occurred, it occurred to him, oh shit, I don't have magic. Right. And again, and I'm okay. I'm fully okay with the idea that he's uncomfortable without his right. magic and suddenly it's on his mind and he's upset. I just don't think a man as smart as we are told Mr. Gold is mm-hmm. would be dumb enough to punch his knuckles bloody mm-hmm. in the real world and then expect that he can heal it. Of course right. he cannot. He's crossed a town line. If this were Storybrooke, sure. That would be surprising. Right. That would be upsetting. Okay. It's if- the real world, babe. Like, he is smart enough that he should know there is no magic in the real world. Right. If he just punched his knuckles bloody and then was like, shit. My bad. Now my hand hurts and I can't fix it. I'd right. be fine That'd with be that. One thing. Because I'm again, I'm, I'm fully on board with a with him not understand. Like he's acting out of impulse. Right. He's upset. I'm gonna punch something. Oh shit! I what got I used done? to having my magic. Right. And now I can't fix it. God damn it! Right. But that's not how they set it up. And this whole, the whole setup mm-hmm. of him is offensive to how smart we've been told he is. Yeah. Like when he seems shocked about taking off his shoes and his cloak and his jacket. Well, you have to remember and, this was a man who was going to walk to New York. So That's fair. But at any rate, like I, I do think he would have some semblance of knowledge. He set up a yes. fake, well, not a fake. He set up a whole adoption for Henry and Regina. Like he no, knows... He's- he smart. is a smart and conniving man. By all accounts, he should not be gobsmacked that he's asked to remove his shoes. Or if he is that dumb, I'm concerned about the intelligence of yep. everybody else. I'm okay with the surprise at having to take off your shoes because I know, like, it's not a thing everywhere. And obviously, he's never been on an airplane. Right. So I, I can understand, like, I'm not going to take my shoes off in public. Why would I do that? Yeah. But it is, it is, it's just overall, it's a weird vibe. It adds, to, that adds to the weirdness. I, I'd be right. more inclined for him to be like, I'm not taking off the shawl. Right. I'm not doing that. I'm absolutely, which he does do, but it's also part of the, and parcel of the shoes. Like, it'd be more, right. to me, I'm it's, like, oh, it's more interesting if he takes off the shoes, no problem. Right. And then is suddenly very weird about the shawl. Because then you got this weird, like, 
she can make a dementia comment or like, you know, you could make it into a thing. You could have made it something yeah. where she has to kind of play him off as her ailing father who will not give up this shawl. Yeah. And she has to smooth talk him them through security. Yeah. Which would then give us more of like Emma back in her kind of element of I'm gonna badass. I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna badass. I'm gonna I'm gonna play the system. I know what I need to say. I know why he's not taking off the shawl. And it's because right. he's scared of what will happen. But I'm gonna play it off as, oh no, this is just my elderly father who is he has dementia or Alzheimer's right. and he will not give that up, but we need to fly. Right. Whatever it is. No, but, I, I agree. Yeah. And, and and one other weird thing I would say about the setup of this whole going to the real world is as they're crossing the town line, we commented <laughs> on it earlier, but he says, if I revert back into my cursed self, that'll be a problem for all of us. Yeah. The way he says it implies he's going to go full Rumpelstiltskin, which was not his cursed self. So by cursed self, he means... Mr. Mr. Gold? Gold, the pawn shop owner. But how will that be a problem? That would be a huge problem for him. He won't know who he is or that he's looking for his son. Right. But why would that be a problem for everyone? I don't, I don't know. Because, yeah, the conversation very much implies if we cross this and town line and I forget who I am, I'm going to turn into Rumpelstiltskin, the dark one, and you all are going to have a problem. Except we're going to be over the town line where you have no magic. Mm-hmm. And the curse currently is you will turn into your cursed self. Right. And I get it. Maybe it's kind of like Lacey, which we're getting to soon. But like the Mr. Gold will have a cursed persona other than the one that he kind of kept to himself. Because he always knew about the curse. So he was yeah. exempt from it somehow. Yes. But that wouldn't make a problem yeah. for anybody for else. That's just a problem for him. That's In a fact, problem. it would be better for everyone else right ideal situation we get rid of this problem so that it's just very interesting yeah and kind of quick segue to this but for as in an equal way how mr gold is like shocked by airports I feel like they made henry's response whelming this is his first time in an airport and on an airplane as well and he is just like shoes off, jacket off, whatever. It's an mm -hmm. airport. Like he is unfazed by anything except for the fucking cinnamon rolls. Yeah, it's weird because <laughs> they don't bring up that this is this 10-year-old's first flight until the very end. So he's uh -huh. not like weirded out by the fact that, oh, there's security or he's not like, oh, what's flying going to be like? I'm super excited. He's just kind of like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this and this is going to be okay. Whatever, I mean, blah, I blah, blah. Yes, when you live in a town that's like surrounded in magic and airplanes, just like technology, who fucking needs it? Like, I don't know. It's all I can think of that he's like, eh, my therapist was a cricket. Anyway, that's an airplane, I guess. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, he's just the final. He's just reached a point where he's like, this might as well happen. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to get into the flying metal can and f go through the sky. Sure. Why and not? That's all I can think of. That he's just like, I just found out magic is real. So like your argument's not valid. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I 
would love to hear, because I know you had some strategy questions about what Jack and um, James yeah, were yeah, doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, okay. Here's the thing. I need to, I need to sit up straight for this. Okay. 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 So, the, the plan seems to be befriend the giant. Sure. Get the giant to reveal where the giant beanstalk is. Right. Go up the giant beanstalk. Mm-hmm. Betray the giant. Mm-hmm. Carry th- things out. Beans out. They do say they're there for the beans. Right. This plan results in one of them dying. Right. And, no, and none beans. None beans. Not a Some treasure, bean. but none beans. Yeah, their plan fucking sucked. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Picture this. Sicily. Ooh. No, we're not in Sicily. We're back in the enchanted fucking forest. Ugh, fuck it. It's James and Jack. They're making out on a bed. King George pops his head in and is like, hey, you guys need a condom. And they're like, absolutely the fuck not. We are raw-dogging it. (laughs) Then he's like, okay, proceed. We're bankrupt. You need to go and find a way to do this. Also, there's the giant. This could be useful. They go, ah, ha, ha. Yes, we will not kill the giant, but we will befriend the giant. They go befriend the giant, right? Mm-hmm. All proceeds as, as before. Right. They make friends. They say, oh, boo-hoo-hoo, sob story, wham wham. We couldn't right. get it off because James's kingdom is bankrupt. Happens right. to the best of us. It's true. You know, happens to everybody. Boo-hoo. On, uh, uh, our, our giant friend, Anton, decides, well, I want to live here. I love humans. Again, right? we proceed as, as per usual, as the episode did. What? Why when he walked up and yeah. was like, hey, these are my friends, they weren't just like, Yes, we are his friends, and he agreed to give us some gold to help my kingdom. Because if you if you if you keep him on your side, mm-hmm. you keep getting more gold. You just keep indefinitely. Saying, Anton, I I oh no, that wasn't enough. We are still in debt. They're very cruel over there in that kingdom. And he says, "Oh, let me go grab my singing harp. Oh, let me go grab get you my goose that lays golden eggs." Yeah. Oh. I'm so sorry. And then finally you go, Anton, I'm so sorry. These are the most evil people in the whole wide world. Humans are terrible, as you well know, but we are the good humans. And what yeah. the only thing they will accept is the magic beans. Yeah. And at this point, you've been trustworthy. You've been thankful. You've, you've known been... him for more than five minutes. And he goes, oh, my beautiful, wonderful friends. I'm so sorry. I have the solution to your problem. Here is every single fucking bean I can give you. Yep. And Why that? Why not that? Why are we attacking? That's a one and done situation. They've now oh, raised the bean field. It oh. is salted. The earth is salted. There are none beans anymore. Well, and it's... James has a sack, a human-sized yeah. bag, to put stuff in. Yeah. 
A giant can carry a lot more than that. If you tell a giant to fill his pocket with stuff for you, that's going to be three times the measly bag of shit yes! you just stole. Why are you not just making him your friend and your ally? I don't right? understand. And I will, I will accept it from James because, quite frankly, James is an idiot. You know what? That's fair. He's arrogant and stupid and selfish. Those are his character traits. So I am fine with that out of him. But then we, if we're going to have Jack in this story, then Jack should be the one in the middle, like before they go talk to the giant or somewhere in the middle, she should be like, why aren't we just making friends with him? Because she seems to be very strategic. Yeah, she was one of those like, oh, I could do this. I fought a Jabberwock or whatever. I could do all this shit. Yeah. She's like, ooh, okay, like. She seems manipulative. She seems, like, calculating. She should be the one who's like, you should just make friends with him. You yeah. You will get so much more if you are. And then, hey, guess what? She goes up with him anyway, and he invades anyway, and she ends up dead. Now that's a tragic story, because she is the one who was saying, just be friends. Just exactly follow, you know, just make friends, make an ally. You'll get more out of it. But oh no, his idiocy and his arrogance and his thinking he knew better got her killed. Don't get me wrong. We don't like to see any lady killed for the arrogance of a man. But that would actually make her story have a point. (laughs) More on that later. (laughs) I have thoughts on that for later. We can go into it right now a little bit. That's true. Okay. I have, I think, I am all for a a reference if you're going to make it important. Yeah. And there's a few moments in this episode where you think that perhaps Anton has a crush on Jack. I wish we had dived into that and made it a thing. We either should have made it a thing or left it out entirely. Correct. Correct. And neither... One would have been better or worse. However, I will say that by making it a thing and making, like, having Jack kind of lead him on of, like, string him on a bit. You know, use her womanly wiles against him would give her a reason for being there. More on that later. Um, Because it's just interesting to me why... I feel like I'm going to get too far into it if I say much more. Why Why she's here. There's very little she does. There's very little she does, and there were there are tweaks in this episode that you could make mm-hmm. to make her well, make so much sense. Either she's doing what you say and she's seducing Anton the mm-hmm. Giant, or like mm-hmm. flirting with him and kind of making him feel welcome things. and loved because his family teases him. So to feel loved and attractive would probably be a lot for him. Yeah. Or she is there to be the voice of reason to James and be like, no, you're better off if we do this. If we go into this and he doesn't listen. Listen, yeah, let him be the idiot that doesn't listen, whatever. But give her some strategic influence here. Also, it strikes me just now as we're having this conversation, but like David's whole thing is James was arrogant. He paid the price for his arrogance. Mm -hmm. 
there's nothing in this episode that we see. I mean, like, obviously, the man attacks another peaceful nation that is arrogant just in and of itself. But that was George's idea. I I think it was a really lame way of, like, even though this was a long time ago, we see it. But the scene where he's fighting that Yeah, with a giant. Movie. Right, right, right. It, it no, was, it's but this... it's weird that he brings it up in that context because it implies that he will die in this episode. Well, it's not that he, it's, I don't mind that he says he paid the ultimate price for his arrogance, but in that, I don't mind that he, we're bringing up the fact that he died because of his arrogance. But the character traits we are seeing from James in the story aren't particularly arrogant. Greedy, yes. Greedy. He, but George Idiotic. is the one who tells him to go after the giant. Yeah. King We're George not is arrogant, n- absolutely. Nobody tells James, hey, this is a bad idea. Again, if he had been told, don't attack and instead befriend. And didn't anyway, that'd be arrogant. He thinks that's that arrogant. But because he wasn't, it's just kind of like, okay, I guess this was just the plan all along. But and, that's not particularly and, arrogant. That's just and, your plan. And I feel like the scene where supposed to think he's arrogant is when Jack says, save me, and he grins and doesn't. But again, stabbed with giant killing poison. Also, not particularly arrogant, mm-hmm. just kind of a jackass move. Yeah, exactly. It's not that he's ignoring advice or being particularly, like, self-aggrandizing. Or- he's not. No, he not in particular. What he needs and is like deuces. You're dying. I don't know what to you're tell dying you. anyway, and I will die if I stay here. But I could get out with this sack of gold. Yeah. So I'm going to exactly. do that instead. Which again, jackass move. Yes. Not arrogant. Arrogant. No. No. So um, D- D- James makes me think of David. Makes me ponder the fact that uh, David doesn't want to be a dad. No, he straight up does not. Just fully it, does not it, want to be a it, father. It, it, it's a it's a trope that full carries on to when he has his, a, a kid with Mary Margaret again. Yeah. And he's just like, oh god, I'm a coward. I can't be a dad. Truly, and it makes uh, it'll be interesting to rewatch now that we've kind of clocked that because this is the fun part about watching this show so many times. It's like, I've never clocked that before. Every time, he wants to leave his first out they can't. Every time he's like, but what if we left? Yeah. Knowing that Emma will not go too. Right. Knowing that his daughter will not go. With his wife saying, I don't want to go because I don't want to leave her. That's my daughter. Yep. Yep. And it occurs to me that he, it was his idea that was like, we'll just have to send the baby alone, sweetheart. (laughs) It was like, score, made it. (laughs) Like, I just. And I, I recognize they didn't know that there could be two people in the tree because Pinocchio, well, Geppetto lied. But also, like, Mm -hmm. he was not going to keep that daughter at any point. <laughs> no, he was like, put her in the tree. Just put her in the fucking tree. If we <laughs> must, we must. If we, oh no, a curse. Maybe he was really, he actually 
you know what? David is the ultimate evil because he got Blue to manipulate Rumple into needing a dark curse. That's, That's my theory. I like he it. He was like, Blue, please make a dark curse so that I can it, get rid of this impending it, child. It's funny because you remember the episode where we find out that the most important thing a woman can have is a uterus. Right, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, That episode, he's all like, we will have a baby, 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 baby. Boy, do I want a baby. He's finally reunited with his baby. And yes, she's not a baby. She's a full-grown adult. But he's just like, ooh, parenting. Hey. Hey. So, Enchanted Forest, where I could be horny for danger with you. David likes pregnancy, not babies. Yeah. That's where, that's what I'm saying. That's the takeaway I've gathered from this. I'm sorry. The man literally... Every time there is a chance to leave is like, but what if we just left Emma here? What if Have you we considered didn't... we just leave Emma here? Right. He says happiest when he's playing like Sheriff Dad alone in Storybook without really... Emma there. <laughs> he really is. Second happiest when he can be Sheriff Dad with Emma. No, not Sheriff Dad. Prince Sheriff. No dad. Prince Sheriff. Does not... Yeah. Doesn't want to he... be dad. No. He can be Sheriff Dad with Emma, and that's like an okay situation. Yep. He's like, if I'm going to have to be a dad, Sheriff Dad is the best dad. Yep, yep. He wants to be Prince Sheriff, though. He wants to be Prince Sheriff. And then, if the choice is between Sheriff Dad or just Dad, he's like, well, Sheriff Sheriff Dad, obviously. Obviously. Uh, But that actually does make me think of, you know, the jobs in Storybrooke and how, um, if I were in a cursed town mm-hmm. and one day that curse was lifted and I was like, I am now part of a society where our prince is saying capitalism must thrive, keep paying rent, keep paying taxes, keep doing no. things. I would be like, I'm no, sorry. my landlord was like the the butter churner on our on our street. I'm not giving her money. She never. Gave me my last shipment of butter. Why do I owe her money now? No. Absolutely the fuck not. It, it's the guard from Emperor's New Groove that goes, um, I've been turned into a cow. Can I go home? Like, you would not Literally, be able to I'd pay like, me to contribute to society. I would go, it's a, this is a system. No, I'd be sitting created there. A Absolutely system. the fuck not. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? We, yeah. We, we what are you going to do to me? We have created our own bullshit society where we are deciding that even though we know this world isn't our real home and that we is a fake town with fake rules and a fake landlord and fake taxes, now we're saying, um, I need to cont- like keep doing my bullshit like banker job. Absolutely not. Absolutely the fuck up. What are you going to do to me? Kick me over the town line? Fine. I'll go back to my cursed life and then... That will all seem normal. Yeah. Sure. If I were part okay. of a system where I knew I came from an enchanted world where I didn't have a nine to five job and then someone said, right. I know this isn't real and this is a cursed job that our evil but king you gave need to you go as sit punishment. at your desk. <laughs> I would lose Imagine, imagine they're like, hello. Yes, Sheriff told everyone. I know, I know you were a mermaid in your past life, but 
I, I am going to need you to go perform that data analysis. I'm thinking of Gus, rest in peace, as we did murder him. R.I.P. Was, he was a mouse whose job was to eat cheese. He was a mechanic in the real world. <laughs> right? Imagine your job is cheese eating, and then you're like, also fix I have to cars. fix cars. And I'm like, why? Where are the cars going? We can't go anywhere. me up for not paying my I would taxes love them no to do it they wouldn't because guess what not a real fucking town and, and that's what every time this show has the audacity to say like oh labor for the sake of labor or work is work no matter what i'm just like not in storybrooke not to these people like no one here should give a shit about their storybrooke job no it, I'd, also, I'd be like i came from a barter system i came from a I right. have bread. You have extra cheese. You want to share some? Like, I'd be like, no, I'm not going to pay my landlord $500. No. It's also the same $20 Although, bills being, like, circulating. We don't have, like, outside resource. Like, who's the banker? No. Who's in charge of the money here? Is it, like, a Monopoly money situation? It is. It's three $1 bills. It's $10 bills. $400 bills. And that's it. And we just pass them around. It's your turn for the $100 bill today. <laughs> Who's the banker? Scrooge McDuck. Mr. Banks. <laughs> no, they're not in there. We've already We've established, established they're not. Yes. Ha ha! It would be Scrooge McDuck. You're right. Ha-ha. But then, same thing. I'd be like, I was a duck in the yeah. other world. Can I go home? Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I would like my job to be to eat bread. Like it and was. Swim. Like it was before. Don't I mean, be that was essentially me. my college job. Eat yeah. bread and go swimming. <laughs> yeah, that's college every day. You know. But, um, yeah, those are the main thoughts I had on this episode, if I'm being honest. Yeah, um, basically, yeah, um, just a couple of random notes. Number one, sure. obviously, we kind of touched on it. Um, Hook confirmed into being oh. tied up. Oh, yeah. Like, fully. So if they're into that, this was a good episode for you. Um, also, Jack uh-huh. looks like if Ruby and Belle had a baby. Oh, God. You're like, not wrong. Almost exactly. Aggressively so. I have nothing to add to that. I just need no, you all to know that's that. It's just a fun thing we like to say. So there's that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I guess that's lists. Lists. Let's go. Mine, all, mine, mine are quick, so I'll start. Um, we have no lies in this episode. Everything that 
is said to Emma is 100% truthful. Um, we have no town curses at the moment. And um, the tricky thing is the bean. Because as I established, the rule is a bean. And yes, all the mm -hmm. magic beans are destroyed. Mm-hmm. And Tiny has a sapling seed, but it's not a bean. Also, you pointed this out, and now it bothers me. He had a petrified bean and a sapling on his neck and was yep. like, here's the <laughs> petrified bean that doesn't work for shit. You can have this. Yeah. Yeah. He just fucks. What the fuck? How, much, how many bean plants does this man keep on his person at all so times? So many. So many. He's just um, made of beans. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. He's a beanie baby. Oh no. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're still we're, the bean count has not changed yet. Uh -huh. It will soon, but at the moment we have not been handed a magic bean. So far, all the magic beans we've been given were it's kind of the same bean. It was petrified and brought back. It, that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, there was so. one. There was one bean throughout this season. Yeah. And now there's so the, the bean sprout. Right. So that's where I'm at. Great. Um, How are your things? Well, family tree-wise, we have nothing to report. Okay. No new family members have emerged, so that was, that's easy. Um, first of all, moving on to the, uh, the fuck fern. Mm-hmm. Um, let's give a big welcome and congratulations to, uh, Belle and Ruby because they have officially hit three strikes. Proud of them. Woohoo! Proud of them. Welcome. I'm sorry. The, the, the woman visits the other woman in the hospital and is sure. like, I, you kept talking about Jules Verne, so I brought you a basket of goodies and... Also, this Jules Verne book that's my favorite. I don't think Ruby has ever read a Jules Verne book. No, no. I but would agree. It's a whole thing. And Ruby looks very sad when Belle is like, were we friends? Heart and she's like, broken. we were friends, blah, blah, blah. So they get, th and that's three. That's three. So they are on here. Yay for them. Good for them. Um. Hey, this is the note I was scribbling down earlier. Oh, no. I think I have to give one to Charming and Hawk. Oh, is it because we'll, we'll have some fun? I'll show you a Yeah, I'm going to grab no! it. Yeah. Oh, I think you're right, though. Based on our own rules. It, it's Damn a moment. Rules. It's a moment. It's it's a moment, right? Like It is. No, it absolutely is. Because you and I both pause and gasp. We went back to listen to whatever it we was did. that David said. We were like, did we he didn't hear that? Actually, he didn't actually say that. He he said something like, I'll show you a fun time. Yes. I'll, I'll... No, it's very much like Hook says something gross to Snow. And David grabs him by the throat and is like, okay, how about you and I go at it? It's not what he says, but that's the basic gist of it. Obviously meant to be threatening. Was not. Didn't come off threatening at all. Threatening I, him with a good I, time, maybe. I 
another scene you and I went back to re-listen. This is unrelated, but it's just a fun scene. Was when Mary Margaret's looking at David and she goes, you like that holster, don't you? And they have a whole conversation about how much he loves his holster. So, Prince Sheriff confirmed. Horny for danger! <laughs> anyway, back to your fuck fern. Back to your folian. No, that's it! That was it! Well, I mean, that's hey. just strike one, so mm-hmm. nothing to report really there, but... I don't like that they got a moment this early. I don't either. Imagine if that's going to be his son in law. I was going to say, imagine if they end up on this thing. Then there's a line that goes directly from Emma to David. (laughs) Only one stop in between. I can't wait to see how many degrees away from Rumpelstiltskin you can be at any moment. Two. And that's the (laughs) farthest you can be. Um, two! I almost guarantee you it's two. Oh, I'm sure. And, like, as the farthest away. Probably. Um, anyone else for your, your fuck no. tree or... Oh, wait. My fuck tree is... No. Um, wait, technically, don't we have to add James and Jack? Oh, yeah, of course. Yes. Even though she dies and, like, that's... She dies. They, they, no, they... so they'll just... They'll get a little, like, corner. They're not really connected to anybody except for eventually... David. Cruella DeVille. Well, my siblings, I guess, they're connected, but not... No, family but... Tree. This is not a family tree thing. It's really complicated and stressful. It can be. It can be. I think it's probably time to post the uh, the fully realized versions, so I should work on those. <laughs> they're scary, is what they are. That They are. I have them, like, jotted down. I just don't have them prepared for, for human a PowerPoint consumption. presentation. Oh. Yeah, exactly. There's Whoa. my net for our next PowerPoint. I, that's going to be my. <laughs> that's, that's my PowerPoint. Is the charming family tree? Yes. Um. Well, that brings us to one final order of business. Uh huh. The the weekly LVP, the least valuable person, where week of by course. week we will watch the episode and ask ourselves, huh? I wonder Who didn't why need this, to be here. <laughs> yeah. Why was this main? Why was this main character plot? "Quote unquote plot centric character here at all, uh-huh. because um, sometimes you have a main character, or so you are told, and you leave at the end and you go, but why? And so we are going to figure out who's this, who this week's LVP is. First, our contenders. Who is eligible? It must be a main character. It cannot be a C plot character. So or like somebody who is involved in the A plot only to give exposition." For like, like Leroy. For like Leroy, yes. He is very it, rarely a main character except for in Dreamy. We really should just call this the Leroy exception. <laughs> it's true. Because half the time, oh, over half the time, it's Leroy that we're saying he's not really eligible because even though he's involved in the main plot, he's just, he's just there to tell us exposition. Yep. Yep. So this Much like in this we, episode. Right. So... People that are main to the plot in this episode, we have the Charmings. Sure. We have Anton. Yep. Um, uh, Jack and James. Jack and James. And that's kind of it. Kind of it. Like, like Emma, Henry, Bell, Henry Rump- and Rumpel are all on the B-plot. Mm-hmm. They are the B-plot uh, of this episode. Exactly. Hook is a minor character. Regina is a surprise I'm here. Briefly. Yep. He, 
Regina's on the that uh, we need to pay our actress. Yep. Track. Yep. Yep. Of, and then um, yeah. And then Belle, Ruby, Greg. That is just there to remind us we have this impending doom of this stranger, lest we forget that there's an outsider that has seen. They're some they're the D plot. Yep. Yep. So we like we have, there are through line but they're yes. not anything important so yes we have right. and i would i would rule out snow she's not really yeah. there for much of anything she but mostly she's, is there to she is but she's a main character enough because she's talking she's the one that intervenes and but no she, but i would say she's just there to ask questions to david she's not she true. doesn't do anything there's no reason well, she needs to shoot the arrow well, so she's just there to point, ask questions but by that point, she could be the she could be the LVP because she's we're told she's important to the episode, but isn't. But are we told she's important to the episode? She's not in any of the they flashbacks. Show, that's true. They she's have not her in every like, single scene. She's just there to ask David questions. She's yeah. not actually performing anything important except for one time true. she shoots an arrow. That's true. And tell I don't think there's anything aren't. in her. She just announces who isn't there. Oh, Henry's not yes. here. Oh, Emma's not <laughs> <Exactly>. here. <laughs> She's actually just our announcer. <laughs> She's just the announcer so, for the episode. Okay, so let's start. David is immediately David. not eligible. David is not eligible because he is there to be confused with James, which therefore means James is not eligible either. Like they are important because there needs to be a mistaken identity situation. Right. To make Anton and angry. Here. And... Yes. And therefore, Anton automatically out. He's the catalyst for this episode. He's the yep. main character. Yep. Um, do we need, do we need Anton? No. But they told us. But we yes, we do. Because the writers beans. can't figure out another way to get anybody anywhere except for beans. Yes. So Correct. he needs to be here to, to bring us beans. Right. Um. So there's one person, I guess, left. There, uh, literally, there's one. Lit- there is no contest here. Why was Jack in the episode other than to make the Jack and the Beanstalk joke? That's it. That's all she was there for. They didn't make it a big thing about showing in a flashback that she was a known giant slayer or a beast slayer. They had a few like lame comments about like how she probably is, but they never capitalized on that strategic mind or made it a big deal about why we need her here. James has been known to kill things. Why is he not doing this on his own? Why does he need her? This is a one night stand by all accounts. Why are we bringing a one night stand with us? Why was the night one night stand part of it? Why couldn't have James in his arrogance tried to do it alone and have her stop him and go, you really think you can take down a giant on your own? But we didn't do that. We have made her ubiquitous and useless. Yeah, no, there's no reason for her to be here. There, Literally, there's nothing except to look pretty. Which and again, have, had they it, leaned into, we are going to make Anton fall in love with her and that she's going to manipulate the situation through that, but it made her a little bit more needed. Weird, because then she'd be degraded oh, yeah, no. down I, to I, just I, being... I, a sexual object, but it, I'm glad we went with. Oh, she's kind of secretly a badass, but also at the same time, I'm like, but no, she wasn't. Correct. I would not have been happy if it was. Oh, she is romance plot. Right, but at the same time, 
I'm not happy now either where they did half plot. Correct. They should have either leaned in and been like, his arrogance is not listening to her. It gets her killed. Yeah. And she if they needed, if idea, they, and if they like, decided ha, ha. they needed her death. His arrogance could have been shown where she keeps trying to give ideas. And he's like, oh, you're just hot. You're just pretty. Yeah. You have And then no it turns ideas. out her ideas were the better ones in the end. And either, number one, we're shown the exact same scene. And it's to really drive home that James is a dick. Right. Or we're well, shown the exact same scene and, and he feels some sort of like, Ooh, oh, shit. Yikes. Oh, well, um. Well, I'm going to go ahead and bury that emotion and uh, keep moving. And it's weird because for James to accept the help of a one night stand is actually quite the opposite of arrogance. That he's like, I mean, sure, we don't hook know up. it's a one night stand. But there's to, definitely the implication of this is just a fling. It's a fling. Else. I don't think, I don't know that we can say it's a one night stand. True. But because it, it's very if much only like, because of the familiarity with what she's like yep here's king george again <laughs> no that's perfectly valid but all that still doesn't say, know her has, still hasn't been introduced by the way oh no 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 this is just she just she'll she waits till he's done yeah he'll leave eventually he always does yeah she's just like okay 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 all right well bye yep so all that said, the LVP of the week is Jack. It's Jack, Jacqueline. everybody. Why? Jack. Why was she here? Why, why was she here except for it to be ha 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 Jack and the Beanstalk? Literally, I don't I don't know the answer to that because there's not one. Um it was fun. I remember being quite delighted at the time that it was Jack. And the beanstalk. Yeah. And then I remember getting through the episode and being like, going, she died? I genuinely remember feeling like, well, then why? Yeah. Why because introduce it's this not idea like she for her to even, die? She doesn't even do the traditional Jack and the Bean. Like, usually if they bring in a fairy tale character, they're pretty good about hitting some of the, like, famous marks. Right. Like, but no, she... Doesn't climb the beanstalk. I mean, yes, she no. does, but not really. That's not a big part of the episode. The m- musical harp yeah, is crushed at the beginning, so she never sees it. Yeah. Um, what? Yeah, Why? no. Why? Like, we're not, we don't see anything that's Jack and the Bean. Like, well, she doesn't I, trick I, any of Giant into, like, she doesn't befriend. Uh, the whole point she doesn't of the Jack and the Beanstalk story is Jack is a little shithead and, like, <laughs> sneaks around and... She's not sneaky. Not, no. She's not sneaky. She's not... Be, like, she doesn't go up the Beanstalk and befriend a giant and then end up betraying Steal them. Like, is, she kind of does, but not he really. He came down the Beanstalk and she befriended him. Yeah. Uh, but Which again, you know. I get I get the show is always twisted fairy tales on its head, but make it worth our while and time for that. Right. I don't understand because we did not hit any of the Jack and the Beanstalk story. Like, not exactly. really. We really didn't. We did not. We didn't get fee-fi-fo-fum. We didn't get. Oh, yeah. We didn't get any sort of nod to. No. We get little. We get little 
quick lines in yep. reference to Jack and the Beanstalk. But the story is not Jack's. The story no. is James's. Yep. So we don't hit no. many of those points. She doesn't. She doesn't trade a cow for beans. She doesn't. No. She doesn't do anything that leads the to point. the beanstalk. So yeah, why was she here? Why was she here? I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. Nope. The end. The end. Uh, we're coming um, up on a string of yeah. my favorite episodes. By the way, I am so excited. I am so excited. These are some of the most fun I remember ever having watching this show. <laughs> Super excited. It is going to be really. Excellent and perfect. I think the Queen is Dead is next week. Manhattan. And Manhattan. Oh, Manhattan. And then the Queen of uh, Dead Lace, is not for a minute. It, it's because it's, Manhattan, uh, Lacey, Lacey, and then the Queen is Dead, and, and then the, the Miller's Daughter. Dead. Yes. Ha! Something like that. Like yes. Four episodes, it's next very four episodes exciting. are perfect. Cora heavy. I remember just feeling like, oh, if we could just live in this. Like, and if these four episodes could have been. This season, oh, would have been great. Done. Please and thank you. But, you know, we didn't get this. But for, we're going to enjoy this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, this has been a bad time. Yeah, it has. Yeah, it really has. But um, mm-hmm. I have good news for you. Please tell me. Can it only go up from here? Thank God. We will see you all next week for more fun. For more fun, I believe we're watching Manhattan next week. We are, because it's cheesy, delicious, and it doesn't lie. And um, you can find us on Instagram at Wine, Wine, and Once, or on Gmail. Same thing. Beverage always comes first. Or as I like to say, the wine is always first, which doesn't make sense. (laughs) It's too wine. (laughs) But um, have a great week, everybody. Yes. Have a great week. Birdhouses and kisses. Birdhouses and kisses to you all. Bye. Bye.